Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn, ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn, tell people to stay off the lawn, compare it to your neighbor's lawn, and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Recruiters, reduce your cost per candidate by about 50% with CareerBuilder. We connect you to qualified, diverse candidates at every stage of the hiring funnel. CareerBuilder Talent Acquisition Suite. Software packed with talent. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. so freaking bad wrestle me ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children ages 18 and up if you're a child why are you listening to this that's pretty bad on you and your parents welcome to juice pro wrestling episode 129 hell bad vixen hell bad and vixen and with us today is a very special guest you might have seen her with promotions such as impact wrestling triple a in mexico and the one the only PCW Ultra ran by our homie Joseph Samuel. Samuel, God, I'm tripping over my fucking words already. And we haven't even got five Gosh. minutes into this shit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only Viva Van. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. That was a great intro. <laughs> Minus the flub, but you'll have that because, you know, it's just, it's the really real world, man. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> so how are you doing tonight, Viva? What's going on? I'm doing pretty good. Just um, getting ready for training later. How's the training going? You know, I'm killing myself, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Old Black Sabbath song, Killing Yourself to Live. Uh, <laughs> So you've only been in the business, what, a few years now, right? Since 2018? Yeah. No I mean, and no. you're doing a lot of things. Like I said, those uh, PCW, uh, you've done matches with Impact, Triple A, obviously a huge promotion in uh, Mexico. I mean, not only that, you got like, you're an entrepreneur of sorts. You got your own website. You, you sell your own. What? How would you explain this? Is it like sexy attire? It's hellbentglam.com, by the way, right? So, yes. So my store, we sell vegan cosmetics and accessories. There you go. <laughs> That's where Sret needs to go to get some makeup nice. because fucking ugly face look better. <laughs> <laughs> I cry when the mics turn off. It's cool. I like your stubble. <laughs> the stubble right. makes it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So with all that going on, I mean, and kind of take us back a little bit because, I mean, to me, it seems like you know, with the wrestling, I mean, you're also doing vocals, right? I mean, we, we talked on Twitter. I mean, you're really some I thought was super cool about you. Uh, and I found out about you through a previous guest, our homie Mecca Wolf, who we were just talking about off air. Yeah. He's like, hey, check out my girl, Viva Van. She's good people. Oh, I fucking awesome. checked your shit out. And you're like all about the death metal and shit, <laughs> like wear Campbell Corp shirts and all that. And I'm like, yeah, we need to get this girl on. We need to talk to her and see what the hell's going up. So before we get into any of the wrestling stuff, I kind of want to take a dive into your metal history. Like, uh, I know you sing in a band. I don't know. Are you currently involved in a band or a project of any sort? And kind of take us back into what bands you're in. In and what really got you into like the death metal aspect because i i sing in a band handsome prick Bodie sings in a band called sexual atrocities that's right we said it <laughs> so, yeah break it down well right now i am starting a new band and uh, we're in the process of writing music i don't have a name for that band yet but you know i'm hoping that we'll get something out within the next few months but i did take a really long break from death metal uh, I used to be in a band called Mocking of the Trinity. It was about six, seven years ago. And we were a death metal. Yeah, we we're all strictly death metal. <laughs> <laughs> this time around, I want to go more like old school death metal, you know, inspired by Swedish. That's nice. my 
my jam right there. <laughs> what well, no, she got you got the death tattoo on the side there. You huge death fan. You gotta be. You put you put it on your flesh. Of course, that's why I have it on my ribs. But yeah, I forget I have that tattoo actually until I see a picture of it. <laughs> oh man, how could you forget about Chuck and Cove? <laughs> the tattoos become a part of you, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I feel you. I just got one for my newborn son. It's a I don't know if you're into punk or not, but it's like a descendants tattoo. Oh, Can't really see. Yeah. Um, you kind of forget they're there. I get you on that. I wanted to ask you though, with the band thing and you're saying you're doing all the death metal and all that, mm -hmm. what, what got you into death metal? Like where, where'd you start musically? Like how did, cause one, you know, when I was a little kid, I mean, I've been doing the death metal thing now for 15 plus years, grindcore, whatever death grind, you know, it gets all bastardized down the line. <laughs> But uh, what what inspired you? What bands got you into it? OK, well, if we want to go back in time, I think everyone can really relate to my story. Well, anyone that is into metal now, uh, let's say fifth grade, I heard Linkin Park and then I heard Slipknot. And then it just led to deeper and heavier bands. You know, that's just how it always starts. until Down the rabbit hole. Down the yeah. rabbit hole, exactly. <laughs> and then in high school, my friend took me to my first uh, thrash metal show at the Black Castle in L.A., which is no longer around. But most metalheads in L.A. know where the Black Castle is. And uh, it was this, like, rundown place. But that's where we would go to. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, that's how it started for me. <laughs> you play any instruments at all? Uh, the ukulele. <laughs> oh, hey, it's an instrument, right? Put it's some EMGs in that thing and start I, shredding. I I wish I had more time or I wish I would have had the patience to put more time into other instruments, but I don't. <laughs> so what got you in the, like actually singing and doing the vocals? I just thought, why not just try it one day? Like, you know, I love this type of music so much and I want to be involved in it instead of just being a fan. So one day I tried it and then I got advice from like other death metal vocalists that I was friends with and they encouraged me and I just kept going from there. Who, who were some of these people? Drop some names. Uh, his name's Edwin. I had a friend named Edwin, he was in Nihilitus at the time. And he just told you, like, get out there and fucking, yeah, you fucking ass off and all that crazy uh, he shit. He would help guide me and I would just send my vocals to him and then he'll, like, critique it and tell me what I can do to, like, help. Because when I first started it sounded straight black metal. I just couldn't go low at all. Yeah. So, like, it just had to keep working, working to make it sound guttural. And then once I got there, I, you know, just tried to expand more from there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that those deeps are hard to get. Yeah. yeah. Especially for a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's there's not a lot of, I mean, you have female vocalists in the like, underground metal scene. Um, what's Who's that chick that Doyle's dating from the Misfits? Blue hair chick, Bodie. Oh, dude, I can't remember her name. I know you're talking I, about. I would keep wanting to say, like, Lacuna. White or something? Alicia White? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who she I sings for him. Arch enemy, right? Yeah, there you go. Yep. There you go. I mean, so you have girls like that in metal, but you, you don't really see too many other than like, God, who's that band that was god awful back in the day? She did a she did some on a six feet under album like in two thousand one. Crisis, I think. Karen Crisis. I don't know, mm -hmm. but uh, there's not a lot of females doing that stuff. So props to you and getting down and <laughs> getting your fucking metal on. I feel like there are a lot of females doing it right now. Like the brutal death metal. Well, not not strictly brutal death metal, but I mean, you guys heard heard of Nervosa? They're from yeah. Brazil. Yeah, Nervosa. Like and a ginger few, a few members have split up and they started a new band called cryptid crypto death or something like that sounds pretty good i mean i feel like there's a lot more girls in bands now i mean I, maybe not mainstream but then again metal is not mainstream so yeah i do know exactly. a lot of like uh female guitarists that are trying to start a band yeah there's a lot of female guitarists and stuff i just mm -hmm. myself personally I haven't uh as far as like my death metal and shit like that goes i haven't seen too many uh female lead singers which is awesome so the more the merrier you know <laughs> i remember back in the day when i was in high school like kitty you guys remember Remember Kitty? Oh yeah, and Drain. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was. I don't know what it was, but it was just. I was like, whoa. There's like all chick band in their metal, <laughs> right? It was fucking yeah. awesome. Um, so going from and you incorporate all this, like your metal into like your wrestling, your whole look and everything with what you do. You do some modeling. Uh, didn't you do some for Maxim Mag? Um, not. For Maxim, well, I guess it was more of like a competition that I was entered in for their mm. front cover. I didn't win, so 
but uh, my fans did keep me in the competition for a while. So I am very thankful for that. <laughs> and uh, going into like wrestling now. So you started training with the uh, Santino brothers, right? At the Santino yeah. brothers wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. Where the hell did you get the idea that like, all right, one day I'm just going to strap on some boots and some fucking tights and get in the ring and toss motherfuckers around? Well, you know, wrestling has been a very big part of my life when I was a kid. I would watch it all the time. I would talk to my friends about it in school every you know, when SmackDown used to be on Thursday nights. And I remember going into school the next day in third grade, talking to my friends about, oh, did you see what Stone Cold did? Like, you know, just during that <laughs> era. But um, it was always like a little secret of mine, like, oh, I want to be like them so bad, but I'm too embarrassed to tell anybody about it. And then I started going to college. And, uh, you know, at the time I was majoring in accounting and I, I eventually switched. But before I switched, I was like, is this something I really, really want to do with my life? Like, I can't imagine myself settling down for a job like this. So I'm, I just looked up, you know. Uh, wrestling schools in LA and I found Santino Bros and just gave it a go. (laughs) (laughs) It said, fuck the accounting. But did you finish college? I did finish college, but with a marketing degree. Oh, there you nice, go. Very nice. <laughs> She's armed Sweet. and dangerous, man. Well, Damn. No business, but you know, not not anything to do with math. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. I hate math. It's one of my. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of my worst subjects in high school. I remember, I uh, once we got into trigonometry and all that hard stuff. I didn't even know what that word means. <laughs> I'm just my teacher would be like, uh, Wallace, you taking the test today? I'd be like, Nope. All right, go sit in the hall. <laughs> I didn't do any work in that class and still pass with a D. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, math sucks. I mean, basic addition. I do that shit at work right now, and I'm like, I don't like it. (laughs) 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 When uh, so when did you have your actual first match? My first uh, match was I think September twentieth, twenty eighteen. That was my first debut. And was that just like a local promotion out there in uh, Cali? my school debuted me obviously you train with them and they hook you up with other people i mean you mm-hmm. seem to have some really quality friends in the business you know like i said mecca wolf uh are you are you friends with joseph samael at all or like how's that work who are some of the people in the business that you're tight with so um i mean i i'm friends with everybody i try to keep it friendly with everyone i think uh the main thing that helped me was uh i got really great advice when i started training and um, the, that advice was uh, to start going to local shows and pay your dues. Yeah. Well, so I was going to help out with the ring and helping out with merch before I was even going to debut. So I did that probably a year or two before I made my official debut. So I had like made connections. I was doing merch for PCW. You know, that's how I got my way in there. Okay. Yeah, I seen the, what was it? It was a promo video, I think, from last year. Maybe it was the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was War Beast. Uh, you were in it. Uh, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. That shit was pretty awesome. I, I love the vibe they got there. Yeah, I mean, Joseph's got a, a sick, sick roster going on. And, you know, yeah, hopefully yeah. once they get back up and going after this COVID shit's over. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's it, so what's that been like for you? I mean, I mean, obviously, are, are you getting any less bookings? I mean, it seems like you have a little bit to fall back on, you know? Yeah, well, you know, um, when COVID hit, I had two months left of college. So it sucked because I did cancel a lot of my bookings, but I got to focus on just graduating. Right. So I got to do that. And once I finished graduating, like everything that I had lined up, like future shows and also just like internships that I had lined up after college, they were all just canceled. So I figured that's when I decided to start my business and I started working on that right away. Very nice. Who's uh, Who would you say is one of the worst people you've ever worked with as far as in the ring? <laughs> or is there anybody? Or do you not want to name them? You know, I'd rather keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good move. Damn it. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Who's some of your favorite people to work with in the ring? My favorite people to work with? I hate that this happens because there's a lot of people that are my favorite, but I go blank every time I get this question. <laughs> well, do you, who do you feel like? I mean, so you're very comfortable with a lot of the people you've worked with in the ring then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like I've, I've been very blessed 
and I've been lucky with the amount of people I've ran into. Because, you know, you hear horror stories about, like, people getting stiffed or beat up when they're new and stuff like that. But I think I've been pretty blessed. Uh, people that I like to work with, um, uh, you guys heard of Christy James. She's really good. I enjoy working with her. Uh, some, like, Danica Delarue, she was a really good opponent I had. I only got to wrestle her twice, I think, so. But like, you know, I just like to work with everyone and as many people as I can, because I feel like that's the only way you can grow. Right, right. Yeah. Learn the tools of the trade from as many people as you can. Different styles. Oh, yeah. Different. Duh. Sue me Sakai. How can I forget? When I get asking questions, Sue me Sakai. I learned a lot from her. She she's great. She's so awesome. And uh, Katarina, uh, Katarina Waters. Yeah. Winter one. and TNA. Yeah. So I. You know, I've been pretty blessed so far, and I, and I loved everyone that I worked with. So I got, I learned every, I've always learned a little bit of, you know, a little bit more each time I work. What was it like uh, working down in AAA? Uh, well, it's it's very challenging, you know. Um, you would think, I mean, do you speak Spanish at all? I mean, how how does that work? Like, <laughs> so I don't speak Spanish, but I understand a little bit, and then you know, those words. It's all body language when you're wrestling, you mm-hmm. know, as long as you, you know, you can read body movements and stuff like that. You just, is universal. <laughs> it just, it seems like it'd be tough. Like I, I know a lot of people do that, especially when they go to Japan and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, so. I have I, a question. Uh, and forgive me, because it takes me like 20 minutes to get my questions out when I start to ask them. <laughs> watch, watch, uh, watch Wallace's eyes roll into the back of his head. Um, so I'm really curious, given the position you're in when you do wrestle. So there's a difference between I, I wanted to ask earlier about what that experience was like emotionally and like the butterflies and uh, intimidation and all that shit. When you first like when you first walked into school that first day or that first week and mm-hmm. either the physical stuff they had you do, the working out uh, people, meeting people that have been in it for like a year versus like five years or whatever, that feeling versus your first match versus like. I don't know, like, I, because I, I don't know how comfortable you are now. You might be a like, you might have the match of your life, and might have been shitting your pants the whole time. But us as an audience, we're like, holy shit! Like, this is the baddest thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Can you can you speak to that? Like that that like three part difference that first time. You know, yeah. I, I'm very curious about that. So my my first time ever walking into training, I was so nervous. It was really hard. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. But I'm just happy that I don't know. I just there were times that I thought to myself, like, this is really hard. Like, is this something you really want to do? And, you know, I just stuck it out. And um, I think in my class, we've had like 40 people and uh, only three from my class graduated. And I happened to be one of the three. So that just shows you how hard it is. And it was very rough on the body because you're not used to bumping. You know, you're not used to rolling or anything like that and of course there's like you're bound to get injuries because when you learn new moves you're not going to do them correctly <laughs> right away so right. I've had many injuries during training and um but the feeling that I have being in that ring I can't explain it it's just it's kind of it's kind of like therapy to me you know it, it helped me a lot through stress and like whenever I'm in the ring like nothing else matters you know I don't know if you guys understand what where I'm going with it but it's just like you just feel like the whole world is silent and it's just mm-hmm. what's in the ring is what matters and so it leads to my first match which I was super nervous for like I was so nervous I like worried about like wearing kick pads and Instead of wearing boots like it was like little things that I worried about I'm like this is barely my first match but I just wanted to make sure I got like the whole image down before I walked out the curtains you know so I was just panicking and nervous and um when I got out there it's just like it I felt like finally I'm finally gonna show people what I'm made of you know and uh now I still I don't think that nervousness ever goes away. You're always going to be nervous. You're I feel like if if you're not nervous and you're not excited before you walk out into the ring, then what's the point of doing it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe, maybe you don't give a damn that much. Yeah. 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 It's the I mean, same way with bands and stuff like yeah. that. We're playing music. I'm sure that's what you're going with, Justin, on that one. Oh. 
Yeah. Well, well, you know, I do really miss performing in a band and, you know, wrestling does kind of give me that same feeling like you are still a performer. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's why I love wrestling and, you know, being in a band so much. Would you say it's uh, the nervousness? Those feelings are similar, you know, between wrestling and and doing music? You care about doing well, you know, just like when you perform with your band, you want to sound good. You don't want to you want to make sure everyone's on time and you know and it's the same thing with uh you know when you go out to perform and wrestle you just want to make sure you give it your all and your best and that people love what you do yeah and hopefully you don't get a shit sound guy <laughs> oh my god you know you're doing the death metal oh, shit the worst. you know how many times you play across the states man Bodie? like and it's <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've blown PAs. Dude, like, yeah, guys just don't know what the hell they're doing, and you can't hear anything. So you're screaming your ass off. Next thing you can't know, your anything. fucking voice is gone. Or you can't even hear like the guitarist. You know, yeah. like, yep. he's, like you're trying to keep up, but I'm like, you're like probably either ahead or behind. Right. You can't hear I just on stage sometimes. That's why I start just listening to the drummer. Yeah, I was just gonna like, say that. <laughs> sometimes that's the drums. Me up. <laughs> yeah that's that's terrible man not having a great sound guy oh yeah it's it's absolute shits man mm-hmm. for the audience too oh yeah for sure i went to a i went to a concert a few years ago where i was excited about this one band a small local band i can't remember the name of them but uh they came in and i was super hyped and i look over at the mixing guy because i pretend that i know about how to mix sound and this dude had the whole outfit on fucking upside down sunglasses popped collar like all this bullshit he looked like Look like a club DJ. Look like a was, fucking dork. Yeah, and then he had this, he had this giant mixer with fucking eighteen thousand buttons, and he's like twisting everything and setting everything up. Sound came on. There were zero vocals, and this band oh, was very. God, no. It was like vocal heavy. Like the person, the 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 lead singer was a female, and she's got this particularly. Um, it, it's like it's indie, it's indie rock music, but she's got a particular sound, and she uses like looping. She loops her vocals and layers it, and all this shit. And this guy just kept messing with it and he had his headphones on. And I was like, what, what are you like? Are you listening to like, uh, are you listening to podcasts? Are you listening to like Lincoln Park in your headphones? But you're twisting Dead the mouse. I didn't know what was. And they did a one hour set and he never fixed the sound. And I was staring at him uh. the whole time trying to burn him with my eyes. It fucking <laughs> sucked. But I mean, whatever. Everybody's got stories like that. But you get a good sound guy. Holy shit. Makes you sound like oh, dude, for angel and sh- for the longest time, like I was so used to having bad sound dudes that like once we had got a good one, it was it just it blew me away. <laughs> I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck to do. Like, oh wow, I really don't have to project that hard, you know? I can go home and not and still be able to talk <laughs> or play the next city, you know? Like crazy shit. It's the best part. <laughs> uh, speaking of like you know training and taking bumps and all that and injuries, um. Have you had anything like pretty bad injury wise happen so far in your career or no? Been lucky. I've had my ribs fractured. Oh, that hurts. I got dropped on my head uh, from a Ooh. power plant before and I actually bridged back and hurt every bone from my neck down to my spine. Crack. It was scary. Ooh. I think a uh, tore rotator cuff, but you know, but I'm okay now. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. we can rebuild her. We Perfect. can make her stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> training so yep. right <laughs> what was it like uh working uh for impact because was that a uh, explosion taping you worked on or oh, yeah, it was only a one-time uh thing uh it how'd was, that come uh, about so i uh showed up you know my friend willie mack texted me he's like hey nice. uh, you should just show up you know just show face so i was like okay i'll show face and uh you know just helped out a ring you know pay your dues and then yeah, yeah. Streamer walked over to me and said, I have a match for you. It's against Havoc. And that's how it happened. And <laughs> I was very excited, very nervous. But yeah, I had a lot of fun in that match. <laughs> Hell yeah. Tommy Dreamer too. That's badass. Match time. <laughs> do you keep up with any, uh, do you watch any wrestling? Is there anything that's your favorite in particular? I like to keep up with uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep up with AEW. I keep up with NXT. I like to watch like old school Japan wrestling from like the early 90s, especially the women's division during that time. I really feel like they're way ahead of their time. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, yeah, because I feel like the women now are barely doing, well, the, I don't know, the women in the U.S., I think, are barely doing what the women in Japan were doing in the 90s. So I feel, I feel like I'm just mind blown. Like, this this was going on during the 90s? Like, how come, like, no one knew about this over here? Oh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pushed. It's weird. Like, no. it's a weird state. Like, 
And I'd like to get your opinion on this. What do you, how do you feel about the state of women's wrestling, like in the U S and I guess as a whole, I should say, I feel like we're growing. I feel mm-hmm. like we're definitely finally getting the push that we need. And uh, I just hope it continues to grow from here. Who do you think uh, out of like the major TV promotions has like the best women's roster? I definitely think NXT has the best women's roster. Okay. All right. I, I'm stoked for uh, Halloween Havoc coming up, which is super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And Shotzi Blackheart hosting that, and they brought back the spin the wheel, make the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's what I wanted. <laughs> Dude, that's so badass. Who's some of your favorite uh, women performers out down in NXT? Shotzi is one of them. Um, Bianca Blair. Nice. Although I think they brought her over to the main roster now. Yeah, right? I think she's on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she just got drafted to SmackDown. I love watching Rhea Ripley. Uh, you know, I love watching all of them. I don't have like a favorite favorite but i just i just like watching everyone it's just good to watch everything oh yeah totally and there's so much to watch nowadays it's just it's crazy it's hard to keep up with (laughs) that's true you watch a lot of indie wrestling at all or no i try i mean obviously being a part of the indie scene oh yeah i try to when i can like whenever i see any of my friends like post the link to their match uh, Mm -hmm. i'll get in on live it's a good thing i think like you know for um people involved in the indies like yourself and, and when you have friends in the business that are wrestling all over and, mm-hmm. you know, you find a good place that takes care of the boys and the girls and, you know, gives you good matches. And like around here in Chicagoland, we got Warrior Wrestling, we have Freelance Wrestling, um, AAW, Black Label Pro, like all these promotions. So it's it's cool when you got friends that are like, hey, you know, I just work this place. Like, you know, come check them out, put in a good word or something like that. Like, it's so awesome how that works. We've seen a lot of people, especially with like Warrior um, mm-hmm. A lot of people from AEW and Impact coming there. And it's like, you know, it would be so cool to see so-and-so there. And next thing you know, those guys are getting booked <laughs> because it's like these they get so well taken care of. And they're yeah. going back to AEW and whatnot and telling their friends like, hey, man, you know, you're going to check this out. And we get like some of the most amazing dream matches. We just had, uh, God, who who the hell was, who did she wrestle? I'm trying to think, uh... God, uh, Bodie, help me out. Um, what? Josh Madison Rain, Kylie Ray. Madison, oh. Madison Rain. Yeah, it was Kylie, Kylie Ray. Ray. Madison Rain's last uh, indie match. She wrestled out here, so that's pretty cool. You know. Oh yeah. All kinds of cool shit going on. So, what, what do you got uh, indie wise out there where you're at? I mean, I know there's like PCW. Is there any other like big promotions out that way? Um, I feel like we. I think there's like, um, I don't know why I'm going here. I'm going blank again. There's so many out here, okay? <laughs> but I can't think of them at the moment. Well, we got like CWF Hollywood. Uh, we got there oh, was yeah. Lucha that was going on for a while. We got Ground Zero in San Diego. Um, and then up north in California, we have Glam, Hood Slam. You know, I love I love working up there. So much fun. And in between matches, they have a band playing. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Who does that? Uh, Glam. Glam? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, in the future. If we ever do one uh, promotion, that's, that's what we're hoping when all this stuff passes, we want to do like a test show. Definitely try to do something with music in the middle. I think that'd be bad as fuck. Like it would be super cool. Oh yeah. Did that too. Uh, Well, AWS was like, doing their last show but i think they were trying to make a comeback before the pandemic hit yeah well fest was trying to do some you know oh, yeah, yeah that would be dope like a metal band and then a, a match and then a well- Oh, they, and then a match. <laughs> yeah, they were like pretty that. much. They were pretty much trying to do exactly that. Um, we had Tony Weinbender on there from Fest on on the show talking about. Uh, it was supposed to be during Mania weekend. Um, mm-hmm. God, what the fuck was oh, that they called? A, they had like obituary on that and stuff too. Didn't obituary. They, they yeah. They, they were playing the uh, what was it? Slowly we was it slowly we were. Oh, what was it? It was another album. I can't remember the album. Anyway, complete. No. No. That'd be cool, though, too. World yeah, Demise would be awesome live, too, in its entirety. Anyway, you know, they had... Uh, how awesome would that be to have, like... So, and, you know, we're boys with a lot of these guys. Bodie, we've been playing around with them, like... Oh, yeah, for have years. Have a badass fucking show, you know? Like, oh, get, yeah. That would be cool. Oh, yeah, like Dying Fetus and then... <laughs> oh, dude, right. Killer matches afterwards. But, yeah, there's people that are doing that stuff, and it's it's super cool and it's super unique because I there needs... I would like a little more of a like a metal niche in in wrestling, you know. I feel like there's like this eclectic group of metal-minded personalities like yourself and you know Joseph Samael and Mecha Wolf and all. There's a lot of other people, and it would just be awesome for everybody to come together on one show 
for something badass. You know, Matthew Justice, who's also a big metal guy. Um, <laughs> you never know what could happen. So right. come on. Very cool. So hopefully someone yeah. uh, can get to that. <laughs> <laughs> right? I have a second question. Fucking <laughs> ask! Look at that. Ask. Oh, shit. All right. See, sometimes these, these questions pop into my head, and then I always wonder whether they're going to come out of my mouth the same they way won't. that they're... I always wonder what's in going here. in his... Oh, no, never mind. Yeah. Uh, so given all your interests, you, you know, you seem to have a... Like, you seem to have a ton of different cool interests like I, I like the team that we have when we do the show because we all have our particular things that we like and and like venn diagrams we we connect on a bunch of that shit and then also i'm grateful because there's been a lot of music wrestling uh like horror stuff that that these guys are into well, i'm into too but into uh, <laughs> so so my question kind of is like what what is the thing given like you know whatever your friends and family before you got into wrestling thought of the fact that you got into wrestling and then the people that don't know about your metal world and your vocalist world, like uh, those friends, like what is the thing that you will talk somebody's ear off that you will sit there and they'll be like, Oh dude, come on. Like I've been listening to you for the last hour. Like what is that thing that you, uh, that you're like maybe the most passionate about or that you get the most hyped when you're talking about it or is a little, little bit of everything. Um, and then I heard you say something about horror while I was talking over everyone. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I can talk to anyone all day about horror movies, uh, music. I can go on about that. And mm -hmm. those three, that's it. You can have a long conversation with me. Let CareerBuilder help you rehire fast. Post your next job with CareerBuilder and get an application rate that's nearly seven times higher than our competitors. CareerBuilder, we're building for you. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. About that. Talk a little bit about horror, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> a nice segue. <laughs> Favorite horror movie, go. Favorite horror movie of all time, The Exorcist. Nice. Nice. Good we choice. get a lot of that. We get a lot of that. I watched that when I was six years old. My stepdad showed that Beautiful. to me. Beautiful. Ever since then, I've been into horror movies. That's awesome. Just uh, last week, we had on, uh, you remember Gene Snitsky from WWE? Mm -hmm. The It wasn't my fault. He's the one that kicked Lita and Kane's fake baby on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. He'll always be known for that. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. But anyways, uh, we had him and uh, Ernie O'Donnell from Clerks. And uh, they did a horror movie called 100 Acres of Hell. And it's actually pretty damn good. But uh, we were talking oh. about horror and stuff. And exorcist came up and it came up kind of a lot i feel like it will maybe not a total lot but it's like everybody wow it's just it, it amazes me that that i mean it is pretty damn scary when you think about it about the so, uh i did hear that they're making a remake for it see they did back in the day <laughs> i want to say man it's surrounding you might be able to help me out with this but maybe like anywhere between 10 to 15 years ago they they had like a prequel mm -hmm. and then they re-recorded it or did something and put that one out. They reshot a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. it was fucking weird. It was all right, but they were pretty. The both versions were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. And do you remember? I think it was like early two thousands. Maybe it was late nineties. They Exorcist got released back in the theater. Yeah, yeah it did. And that was super cool. Like, that was, to be able to go to a the... major theater and see a, a classic like that and see what all the hoopla is about. I mean, even though I had seen it as a kid, you know, renting the DVD and stuff. It's one of those things like to me in horror, if uh, something that really kind of gets in your mind is like when you start diving into like religious stuff that seems real, you know, like in like ghosts, like apparitions and possession and your mother sucks cocks together and all that crazy <laughs> shit. You know? The pea soup spewage, you know, all that shit. Like, yeah. I mean, that maybe in the whole supposed curse around that movie and all the weird shit that happened. There's just so much surrounding that that I feel makes that one of like the all time greats. And it's probably why a lot of people, you know, uh, find it as their favorite horror film. Yeah, I think also like anything that you can't see, it's pretty terrifying, right? <laughs> right, because you're leaving it up to the imagination. You yeah, know, it's like exactly. like Snitsky said on last week, you know, it's like sometimes the best horror and like kill scenes and stuff is like the stuff you don't see because. Well, since you guys all like horror movies, do you guys also have shutter accounts, too? I've had it since it came out, girl. Who you trying? Come on, yeah. Yes. yes, we all have Shutter accounts. Yes, not just Justin. We do. Uh, have you guys been keeping up with like the new releases? What? Uh, there was a new release that just came out that you know had so much potential, 
let me let me look it up real quick. There was a zombie movie that came out that takes place like uh, in Canada. It was like First Nation Indians, like a zombie outbreak, and they were the only ones that were able to uh, kind of deal with it. And they hyped the shit out of it. They were, uh, this is like right when quarantine started. They were advertising the fuck out of it. Oh, is that like, so is that the one where they're like cave? It looks like they were cave people. I thought it was like a TV show. No, I've been watching Holliston or whatever, where it's got uh, Odious from Guar on there and D Snyder and Adam Green, who did the Hatchet movies. It's like a TV show that came out in 2012, but they had on Shudder. I can't. They got some good ones. Every Usually when the my social media pushes. That's the name of the movie that I just watched. What's it called? What is it? It's called The Cleansing Hour. It's the new release on (laughs) Shudder. If you want to laugh the whole entire time, (laughs) watch that. (laughs) I do love it. And with our, we do another show called the JP Dub Podcast, and uh, we actually on this show we did it last year, like through our social media, we do a thirty-one days of fear. So every day it's a favorite horror movie of ours, or mainly of mine. <laughs> um, and we do little one-minute improv videos on it, just kind of explaining the movie to some degree and being goofy about it. But this year it's been a lot. It's a lot of like weird. You notice the pattern. I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but uh, like sci-fi horror comedy. It's I didn't. I just wrote the list down, like off the top of my head at work one day. I'm like, all right, here's 31 fucking movies. We're gonna do videos for all these. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These guys just did one. uh, What was it yesterday? Phantasm or Phantom? You did one for Phantasm today. What's your thoughts on Phantasm? I don't think I've seen it. What? Oh man, maybe iconic. Oh. Maybe You're, I have. I don't remember, but nothing's ringing a bell to me. You got Shutter. You better watch that shit. Okay. <laughs> also on Amazon on Prime. Okay, is that the one with the ball with- and the tall man? He's like boy. And it's on Shutter. I think it's it was on Shutter. They had a, like a lot of them on there. There's five of them. Okay, it's on I'll Prime now for sure. To it. Do you use Tubi at all? No, I don't. That has they have it's free. It's just like Netflix, but it's free and they have some commercials in it. But nothing is censored, and they have a bad ass horror selection on there. There's like. Thousands. It's called Tubi. T U B I. Tubi. Okay. I should be getting paid by now because I'm always promoting (laughs) those motherfuckers. (laughs) But they got some great shit. And musically, there's like the Death documentary is on there, which is awesome. Um, There's all kinds of good like uh, death metal, punk rock, and just music documentaries in general on there. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you watch Joe Bob Briggs at all? The Last Drive-In? No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, He's like this horror host. He's he's been around since what? In like the 90s? 90s, yeah. Uh, It's really cool. Him and uh, this chick, Darcy, the male girl, um, she she models and stuff too, does does cosplay horror stuff and all that. But they... They watch movie. I think Jericho was on. It was blood sucking freaks when they showed that. So they do they do these episodes. They show these movies, but then before the movie does like a synopsis of it, and mm-hmm. it's it's hilarious. I never thought I would have like fun watching a motherfucker talk about a movie. You know, usually it's like, all right, come on, get to the point. Let me <laughs> let me see the damn movie. But like everything this dude has to say is awesome. He's like one of those iconic horror hosts from back in the day, like Elvira. I'm sure you're familiar with her right yeah of course i had a huge crush on elvira back in the day I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone did right what's your uh what's so you're you were telling us about the zombie movie um there was one i know i just turned threatened on a month or two ago on shutter did you watch yummy no it looked corny to me so i didn't watch it <laughs> <laughs> is it any good <laughs> it's good it's oh. gory i don't know what's your like level in horror like for gore i mean do you like the gory stuff or not so much i don't really care for the gory stuff what i like is like uh, anything that's paranormal okay so in more like a psychological yeah paranormal or psychological i like very nice yeah i think uh, all like what is it called night shifter or something like that on there i thought that was a pretty cool psychological twist uh also on pedagore it was very asian based so it reminds me of like all like the horror stories that my mom used to tell me about vietnam like ghost stories from vietnam but this uh movie was filmed in indonesia so they have like a lot of similar ghost stories i feel well, Sredden's been, uh, he, he was talking about um, our last JP Dub episode that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in the, like Amazon Prime. I got, I haven't seen a lot of it, but I guess like, what was it? You were talking about the Korean horror movies? Sredden, yeah. So, so movies. yeah, there's a, there's a ton of Korean. Like, they're like thrillers, but they're so fucking violent that they're, they're, <laughs> they could be like horror movies. But then there's a bunch of like, uh, I, I follow a dude on, 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 uh, on YouTube and, 
the last one that popped into my head, there's some movie, a zombie movie called ha- uh, Hashtag Alive or something like that. That is on Netflix, I think. Yes. That I really want to see. I want to see that too. But Korea, that. Korea's that got one, some. I don't know That's the one where he's it. in the apartment complex, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I did watch. Man, I, I caught a little oh, traded. I watched that too. That was really good. Play. Yeah. The one on Netflix, right? That Korean zombie <laughs> one where he's like locked up in the his apartment. Yeah. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> Hashtag alive. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> but I forgot. But yeah, that one was really I don't really like zombie movies. I don't. But that one I did like. They they have a, there was another one that they, they recommended. But I lo- I don't know. I, I they when we were talking about it last time with Claire, uh those those Korean movies usually uh, the the thriller horrors, they usually uh, they they leave you with like you get you get depressed after you watch them because they're so dark and they don't they, it's not just like if you watch a movie and everybody dies all right whatever um but like when you if whatever. you watch a movie and you have like an existential crisis and you're just like I'm gonna die too I might die tomorrow like you have like a next level like depressive reaction to this shit awesome but I don't like I can't handle that like that sticks with me for like a week or two so. But they got some really good ones. The last awesome one I saw was, uh, I think, um, I saw The Devil or something like that, uh, which was very gory, but um, but also awesome. I'm not, I like the gore only if it's uh, kind of silly. Um, that's why I like Evil the ho- I, I fuck yeah, I love Evil Dead. I fucking hate the hostile movies when they when they came out with the. I don't like most of Eli Roth's movies because that term uh, that term like horror porn. I'm yeah, they got like shit. dogs biting this dude's wangus off, man. man. <laughs> I still didn't like the hostile movies. I thought they were boring. They were. He's boring. trying too hard. Thank you. He he did a he did a movie that he filmed in Argentina. It was about the earthquake. I don't know if uh, some earthquake in Argentina. It was a lot of tourists with, uh, and he had a. <laughs> Sort of a cameo. He gave himself like the worst death in the movie, but he can't help himself. You watch this movie and you're like, all right. Uh, I, I don't know if it was where in Argentina it took place, but like people were just trying to survive and there were like aftershocks and all this, but he just couldn't help himself. He had to bring in that awful, awful horror that like lingering on torture. And it just, it, it feels, it, it just, it's too much. It's not, it feels, yeah, it feels like, like horror porn. I don't like that term. I don't like those movies. Evil Dead all the way. I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's all good. He also let somebody fucking remake, uh, what is it, Cam Fever. I don't know why I he did that. I can't get into that movie. You didn't like it? I, every time I try to watch it, I just can't finish it. I don't know why. I just, I'm not into it. It's weird. It, it is weird. It reminds me of that movie, like a horror version of the movie Kids from back in the day. You ever oh, seen my Kids? God. I remember, I've seen that movie a bunch <laughs> of times. God, it's fucked up. It's like you watch kids and it's like, I'm never having sex again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. Get away. <laughs> well, yeah. And that movie was like, what? Early 2000s. Like, it doesn't need a remake. What's yeah, it? I think so. What's your thoughts on all these remakes that are coming out? I think people are just running out of ideas. Thank you. That's a lot better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or uh, remaking all the Japanese and Korean horror movies, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the ring kind of kicked that all off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the. And like, the grudge. Yeah, yeah. But those Japanese versions of those were way better. Shutter did release that, like, uh, that horror movie where it's called Sadako versus Ke- Keiko or whatever, which is the grudge versus the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched that. No. No. Oh, I haven't seen that. I'll I mean, watch that. I, I kind of want to now. And I was like, it's kind of corny, but I liked it still, you know? Mm-hmm. It's That's just awesome. like a story that you know we all know of, and we just want to see them battle each other out. So. Right, like Freddy versus Jason back in the day. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think they did a better job than Freddy versus Jason. Uh, nobody <laughs> likes it. What is it? Everybody shit. Yeah. I thought it was an yeah. okay movie. <laughs> that was subpar. I could do without any of Jason movies. <laughs> Ooh, right. fair enough. Fair enough. I like Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> except Friday the Thirteenth Part Ten. They went a little too far with that in the space thing. And uh, was like, hey, Ugh. yeah, that's a stop. Dude, Uber stop. Jason. Uber Jason was tight. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather see a movie with Super Shredder than Uber Jason. <laughs> Bear, call up Kevin Nash, then, boy. I will. <laughs> Go, So you mentioned uh, your parents were from Vietnam, right? And you were born here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so how how was that like for them, like coming over here and like for you growing up? Um, was it 
I mean, just like I, I, I don't really know how to put it into words, though. But it's it to me, it would be with that whole thing with Vietnam and everything. I mean, does it goes back to like the Vietnam War and all that? Was it they were trying to get out? Obviously, have some better life. Where where was your mom pregnant with you when she came over here? Or uh, no, she got pregnant when she came here. But uh, so no, she wasn't pregnant on her way over here. Is what I meant. So, but my mom, you know, she was born during the Vietnam War and. Mm. Uh, or she didn't know her real parents, so she was adopted. For the longest time, uh, her adopted parents would tell her, your father is Australian, and your mother is Vietnamese, and her name's Rose, and this and that. So she would, she never really knew the real story about her mom. So I decided to get her the DNA test, and we found out that she's actually French and German and Vietnamese. So oh, we're wow. in the process of trying to find oh. her real parents right now, and she actually got in touch with her first cousin from her mom's side. So we're just trying to find like a closer relative on her father's side. But um, my mom's, I guess my mom, like life over here was really hard. Obviously, she had to start from nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad wasn't in my life uh, when I was a kid. So it was just me and my mom for a while. And um, we grew up growing up in L.A. It was difficult because, you know, I'm in the, t- the little town in L.A. that I live in. It's called La Puente. And I'm pretty much the only Asian here. And I would get teased a lot in school for just being Asian. <laughs> yeah. Kids are fucking heartless. Yeah. 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 But that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think it's just probably why I became a metalhead, you know? Being <laughs> like most right. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, it's all right. I mean, you're, you're, you know, living out your dreams right now. So you can <laughs> always look back at that and be like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> exactly. Piss right? off. <laughs> what about, uh, like action movies or anything are you into anything like that action movies when i was little obviously you know growing up in an asian household my stepdad would show me all these action movies but we and them jet lee rush hour if you want to count that (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was distracted by taking down our (laughs) sweet tropical backdrop (laughs) I just I just found out that duct tape doesn't work on a green screen. Oh, that's what it was. Hey, yeah. our production is top notch. Top notch. Notch. <laughs> yeah. So is there one person? Uh are let me ask you this before I ask you this question. Um, what are your thoughts on intergender wrestling? I love it. There should be more of it. Yes. I agree. Sure I think uh I've said it many times on here. I think one of the companies that really pushed uh, the ground in modern day wrestling for that was uh, Lucha Underground. Um, as far as like empowering that and not not even saying that w- w- you didn't look at a matchup like Sexy Star versus, you know, Brian Cage or Brian whoever Cage. it was at the time. <laughs> you didn't look at it as like, oh, this woman's going against this man. You looked at it as like two fighters, two combatants, which is that's what it needs to be, in my opinion. You know, like, don't let no lines be blurred by gender. Like if these people are fighting, you know, and let me put it to you this way, like in war, if you're in the military, it's not, you're shooting at each other or doing whatever. They're not worried about, oh, my God, this girl just shot him. <laughs> you know, like, why why should it be like that in, you know, sports? I mean, although I, will, I don't think there will ever be, like, MMA, intergender MMA, because that, that might be a little fucked up. But uh, as far as professional wrestling goes, um, mm-hmm. I think they, they really set the tone for what it should be. And, uh, you know, to see, like, Sexy Star win the – their world title, like for what I consider to be at the time, a major promotion and a very innovative promotion at that, you know, yeah. RIP Lucha underground, because that was the shit to me. That was like modern day ECW or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it had this cult following, uh, you know, guys like Willie Mack, your homie, Willie Mack, uh, and a lot of other people that are everywhere. Like was there for a little bit as Puma Prince Puma. Yeah, it's everybody from that promotion for the most part. We won't name uh, the one guy that nobody likes with the mustache that had a <laughs> shitty gimmick. <laughs> but um, it's just it's it's so amazing to see what a promotion could do as far as something like that goes, and to be able to change people's perspective. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Don't look at it as like female versus male. You know, because in my mind, it's like when people start looking at it like that, it's like you're already kind of degrading the match and the people in it. And it doesn't need to be like that, you know, cause it's going to be fucking, I've seen some great intergender matches. It's going to be fucking entertaining. It's going to be awesome. And some of them can be very, very hard hitting. So like, what about death matches? Death matches. 
they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any death matches? No. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun they're great um uh, i never had one <laughs> would you be open to doing one i don't know <laughs> threatens totally against them bodie did some wrestling for a while so he's taking some light, light tubes to the head and all Thumb that Thumbtacks, barbed wire oh yeah <laughs> i did all that <laughs> i do it again i mean i was involved in a lot of death matches i mean you know coming out with war beasts all the time yeah you know i would have put to you know like here you go <laughs> to joe here you go <laughs> yeah. here hit him with us i'm gonna go stand over here now <laughs> where do you want where do you want to see like your wrestling career go like is there is there a glass ceiling is there a point to where you're going to be like all right you know this was cool and i'm done i'm going to do maybe more modeling or do whatever you know i think my ultimate goal would be uh i would like to work for wwe one day i think that's that's an ultimate goal of mine but other than that like you know triple a i feel i love working for triple a because like you were mentioning earlier about intergender wrestling i think every time that i've been out there i've always worked intergender yeah and and okay. they do it well like i said triple a with lucha underground was basically triple a's Amer venture into a americana you know american wrestling um they just they do it so well down there and i love that whole culture the lucha libre the mexican culture down there it's it's great like they they live for wrestling you know it, it's a huge part it's not just like up here where it's like well you like wrestling great no i mean down there this is like family bloodlines you know it's insane and, you know i do have a lot of friends that are signed uh, in different promotions they always tell me like you know it's best uh when you're not signed because you get to travel anywhere you want you know and they're like just as long as you get to travel and get paid for it you know and just... that's where it's at right there that's the thing traveling's great but fuck you pay me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's this, you know, the people that are telling you that have the contracts and the money. Well, you know, do <laughs> fuck no, that because <laughs> you could still like impact. There are some, however, people view impact nowadays. Um, I think they're great, I think they've been on the rebound for the last several years. Uh, there's still some people that they are paying pretty damn nice. Like I'm sure the good brothers and all those guys that just went there, they ain't getting paid oh, yeah. fucking peanuts, but they can still go work other places. Same thing with AEW. You know, you got guys, Joey Janela. I mean, dude, I just saw him the last couple of weeks, wrestle a couple of shows for GCW. Yeah. Like, and he's a, he's a big contracted talent. They had fucking John Moxley. How much bigger do you get than John Moxley? You know, the AEW world champion showing up for Josh Barnett's blood right. sport. Mm -hmm. So that's like, that's like people, you know, don't let anybody tell you that bullshit, girl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just go wherever you could go, make some money and make sure you read the fine print when you do sign that contract. <laughs> well, yeah, read everything. <laughs> yep. The coin better be right. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Who's your favorite uh, wrestler of all time? Undertaker. Really? Yeah. Yes. I do love watching them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love watching them too. I mean, last couple of years, there was some point. I'm glad he went out the way he did, although I'm hearing that it may not be the may not be the end, but uh, it's getting a little rough to watch. It's like guys like even like I love Sabu. Sabu's also he's been on the show, but man, he will straight wrestle until he dies in the ring. Like I guarantee <laughs> that's probably how it's going to end. He'll be in the fucking ring. Um, what were your thoughts on the last ride documentary? Did you watch that? Yeah, I did watch it. Um, it was a, it was good to see how he felt like how he still gets nervous before he walks out. You right. would never think the Undertaker would get nervous, right? So we never knew. We never had that access to him, you know? I'm like, wow, at the end of the day, he's human. He feels the same way we do. He gets nervous. He gets excited, just like we do. And, you know, I think that was a good reminder that everyone's human, you know? Right, right. That's a very good point. I mean, you, you look at, a, you know, you men and women in the sport that, it's like living, breathing superheroes, you know, these icons, these, you know, as, as a kid, I, and I thought that shit too, when I was a kid growing up and it's like, you see guys like the macho man and Hulk Hogan and everything. And you're just like in awe and it's, you don't realize that they are people. And yeah. so when bad shit does happen or, and like seeing like the stuff with the undertaker and all the surgeries and just like, man, he's been hurting. He's been in pain. He still did the job. He's gotten the surgeries done that may have helped a little bit. 
But I guarantee you, every day that guy gets up, he's mm-hmm. just in some goddamn pain, man. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, so as far as uh, Undertaker, what about female female performers? Favorite of all time? Favorite female performers of all time? I really like watching China. I like watching Minami Toyota a lot, actually. Pretty much anyone who wrestles uh, in Japan during that early 90s era. Like, I just... There's something about, about Medusa. I just love it. Yes, all of them. Hell yeah. Yeah. Lita China. was also a favorite of mine too growing up. Lita. There you go. Yeah, she was uh and she got her start in ECW before mm-hmm. she came to the E with the uh, SA Rios. I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Dude, oh, that I weird red hair, that. man. Yeah. SA Rios. He was in uh he somehow made his way in the No Mercy, the video old Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, who are you going to pick? Uh, I'll say real. <laughs> yeah, right. I <laughs> wish he was in there. I would have picked her over him. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> Go. I, I like China. That's an interesting topic real quick. Um, huge pioneer, I think, for the sport. I, I, I think she kind of got the raw deal, you know, because of politics and mm-hmm. weird love triangles, whatever you want to call it. Um What's your thoughts on that whole situation with her? Yeah, I mean, and now, and now, of course, because she has passed on, you know, mm-hmm. WWE's like, oh, well, she, she's great, but they wouldn't recognize her when she was down and out, when she was alive, for what the same, essentially, the same shit they're recognizing her for now. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on that: I feel like no one really knows the real story. She knows the real story, you know. Mm-hmm. Both closest to her know the real story. We don't know that. We just see what everyone else is saying, and it sucks how it happened. I wish they would have given her recognition when she was alive, you know, so that she could have seen that before she left. But right, I mean, because didn't she go? Did she go in the Hall of Fame? I think she did. Which exactly. I mean, what does the fucking WWE Hall of Fame even really mean? You know, um, it means a lot. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's, it's, see, to me, I look at it as like, it's just like this political business deal. I mean, yeah, I, it does mean a lot. But to me, if there was more of a le- just legit professional wrestling Hall of Fame, then, yeah. you know, WWE, it's like, hey, come on, Donald fucking Trump is in there. You know, who else they got? Who's, who else is in there? It's Snoop Dogg. Kid Rock. Like, what yeah. the? F- oh, I got Donald Trump is in there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you still think it's too legit to quit? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it, oh, it, there's politics everywhere in wrestling. So not it true. is. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it, the it, it just sucks because um I I myself was a big China fan. Uh, I thought it, I she broke down barriers. I mean for yes, fucking did. women for just it, it was great and in her prime. I mean shit she she was intercontinental champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like man and in, she was in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I was just gonna say in the Royal Rumble. Like holy shit and you know you've had like Beth Phoenix do that like since then, which is also cool. Beth's also cool. Um. Yeah. But it just it kind of fucking grinds my gears, you know, that bullshit. It's like, I'll wait till she's dead to acknowledge her because Triple H left her for the boss's daughter. Like, what a crack of shizer there. <laughs> <laughs> but what can you do, you know? Right. Um, so, Viva, real quick before uh, we wind down here, um, where can everybody find you at on social media? Um, let people know where they can buy some of your product at and all of that good stuff. <laughs> Well, everyone can follow me on IG and Twitter at Hellbit Vixen. And on Facebook, you can find me under Viva Van. And uh, you can shop at my store called HellbitGlam.com. And you yeah. find all your vegan cosmetics and chokers and accessories. Has Effie ever bought anything from you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Hi, were you trying to push my stuff to Effie? <laughs> I might. I like Effie. He's awesome. He let he me is. grab his junk you know. after a death match. <laughs> I'll let no you shame know. in my game. <laughs> Bodie, Sretton. Yo, I caught you guys, motherfuckers. There we go. Look at the fucking tapes. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it's great. like you got a vanishing cape like straight right. out of Harry Potter, dude. That's right. Oh. Look at you. I don't watch Harry Potter. I wouldn't know anything about that. Are you a fan of Harry Potter? Of course. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. <laughs> that was really cool, huh? <laughs> 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 I see. 
it's all good. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> what it is. You should take a picture of your room and then put that as your background. So when you want to disappear, you just put that over you and you just blend in with your room. There you oh, go. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. For those of you that can't see it because you're listening in podcast land and not watching on YouTube right now, Sretton is throwing a tropical JP dub digital blanket over his person <laughs> and making himself disappear into thin air. That's it's right. a very fun site. So Wait, that's why you have to head to jpdub.com and watch it. <laughs> Viva. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been fun. It's been fucking Thank real. You. It's been real fucking fun. I hope you had a good time. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me guys. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime you have something going on, you want to promote, you want to come on, shoot the shit. We're always here. We're just a phone call or a text away. So let us know. Sounds good. And thank you, everybody watching on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. If you're listening out there in podcast land, be sure to download, share, rate, review, tell your friends and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Leave us a voicemail at 1-872-267-4199. Channeling the Micro Machines guy. Until next time, I'm the Juice. He's Sretton. That's Bruiser Bodie. Hey, uh, He's Viva Van. Wet I'm up. Wet I'm up. Wet I'm up. It's right, it burns your body, and all my friends are so fucking insane. Tune in next week, because PCO is coming. He's coming back. You gonna do sex to me? Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Mike. And this year, thanks to Metro, nothing's getting between me and my holidays. As a rideshare driver, I know a thing or two about going the extra mile. And Metro's helping me go even further. Metro covered the switching fees and gave me and the family high-speed data for only $25 a line for four lines. Plus, we scored four free Galaxy phones from Metro just for switching. Now, we can all get in the holiday spirit streaming our favorite tunes and ring in the new year over video chat with family and friends. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This season, there's zero fees to switch. And right now, enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines, plus four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. I'm Mike, and that's how I rule my holiday with Metro. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four-line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com.